Have you ever longed for something? Maybe in high school, you watched your friends drive cars and you yearned for the same kind of independence yourself, but your family couldn't afford another vehicle. Perhaps you spent your 20s watching others get married and you wondered if you would ever find a spouse. Or maybe, like Elizabeth and Zachariah, you know the unmet longing for a child. The Gospel of Luke opens with the story of a couple who spent their entire lives yearning for a child, only to have their longing finally met in old age. The miraculous child they bore was John the Baptist, the prophet who came to prepare the way for Jesus' ministry on earth. Today begins the first week of Advent. Advent is a season of waiting. It's a season of preparation and anticipation for the birth of Christ. And it's also a season of anticipation for Christ's return. On this first Sunday of Advent, we're going to look to the story of Elizabeth and Zechariah. We'll examine what their lives can teach us about embracing the gift of hospitality, even in seasons of unmet longing and endless waiting. Welcome to Kitchen Meditations, a weekly podcast from the Edible Theology Project, where we examine the ways God meets us in the kitchen and at the table. I'm your host, Kendall Vanderslice. If you are hungry for a taste of God's hope and healing in the mundane tasks of your everyday life, then you've come to the right place. May these meditations bring you a bit of grounding as you prepare to eat today and every day. This Advent, the Edible Theology Project has partnered with We Welcome, an organization that teaches Americans how to advocate on behalf of our refugee neighbors. Together, we are learning how the hospitality found in the story of Christ's birth invites us to live out welcome today. While the lights and decorations all around us encourage celebration, Advent invites us to start in contemplation in somber recognition of the brokenness of our world. Only then can we properly place our hope in Christ's impending return and celebrate Christ's incarnation come Christmas Day. To get the most out of these podcast episodes, we encourage you to download our Advent Guide, complete with scripture readings, reflection prompts, and recipes. You'll find the guide linked in the show notes below. Let's get started with a little spiritual mise en place, a prayer to ground and orient ourselves before we begin. In the restaurant kitchen, mise en place describes the process of preparing your workspace for the dishes you're about to make. It involves gathering your ingredients and skimming the recipe all the way through so you can be fully present to your guests by the time they arrive. I like to think of mise en place as a time to prepare my own mind and body as well, asking God to be present with me as I cook or as I bake. Our spiritual mise en place today is drawn from the first chapter of the Gospel of Luke. Close your eyes, slow your breathing, and now as you breathe, repeat with me. 
Inhale. Blessed is she who has believed. Exhale. That the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. A few years ago, a friend invited me to dinner just a few nights before Christmas. Her house was decorated with lights and a tree, and the kitchen table was covered in candles. I sat at the table and laughed with her daughters, who had plenty of jokes to keep me entertained all through the meal. Afterwards, as she and I cleared the dishes, she asked a simple question. Do you want children? I blinked back tears. Several friends of mine had recently announced pregnancies. I was excited for them, but my own romantic life had included so much heartache that I refused to acknowledge the depth of my own longing for a family. I couldn't allow myself to hope that the longing would ever be fulfilled. My friend took my hands in her own and looked into my eyes. You want to be a mother. You're allowed to say it. Sometimes our longing brings a sense of shame. Shame that what appears to be so easy for everyone else is so hard for ourselves. Or shame that we feel unsatisfied with the hand we've been dealt. Sometimes this shame is self-inflicted, and sometimes it comes from the inability to meet the expectations of those around us. Usually, it's a mix of both. In the opening story of Luke's Gospel, Elizabeth and Zechariah feel the deep pain of longing for a child. In Luke 1.25, Elizabeth even names their infertility a disgrace. Put yourself in Elizabeth's shoes for a moment. All your life, you've been taught that your role is to get married and bear children. For years you try to no avail. You don't have doctors who can explain why or who can help you try different treatments. The culture around you believes that your primary duty in life is to carry on the family lineage. And in their eyes, you have failed. I don't know the pointed pain of infertility, though I've walked alongside many friends who do. And I share with them the pain of unmet longing for a child. I also know the sense of shame that comes with failing to meet societal expectations. I know the temptation to believe the assumptions of those around me. Maybe the problem really is me. I'm too loud or too awkward or I just haven't tried hard enough. Even if you haven't experienced the unmet desire for a spouse or a child, I'm sure there is some area of longing that has left you racked with grief. Maybe the ache for a stable job or a home to call your own. Maybe longing for the reconciliation of a relationship long estranged. I'm sure Elizabeth and Zachariah wept together, just as I have wept together with friends and as I hope that you have wept with the ones you love as well. Maybe they yelled at God every month when reminded once again of Elizabeth's bare womb. And yet, the two remained faithful to the Lord. Then one day, in their old age, God tells them that, against all odds, they will have a child. I'm struck by the words of Luke 1 verse 17, a prophecy about this coming child. He is to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. 
Advent is a season of waiting and a season of preparation. We wait to celebrate Christ's first coming, yes, but at the same time, we are waiting for Christ's return. We lament the brokenness of our current world. We weep over the unjust systems that displace and oppress. We weep over broken bodies that don't function in the way we would desire, or broken communities where relationships are just really hard. And we wait for Christ to fulfill his promise of a new creation. It's fitting then that our Advent season opens with the story of waiting as well, and observing the role of preparation along the way. The Israelites had long been waiting for their Messiah, but first God sent them a man to help prepare for the Messiah's coming. And that man was born of a woman who understood with her entire body the agony of waiting for a promise to be fulfilled. Waiting, in all its difficulty, offers us the opportunity to live a life prepared to welcome others in. A few months into Elizabeth's pregnancy, her young cousin Mary became pregnant as well, with a child said to be that coming Messiah. Mary went to stay with Elizabeth for a time, and the child in Elizabeth's womb leapt for joy. I doubt any of us would have blamed Elizabeth and Zachariah if they had turned bitter in their grief. I've certainly gone through seasons of intense bitterness myself, seasons when it's nearly impossible to share in the joy of a friend's wedding or pregnancy. Imagine how tempting it would have been for Elizabeth to snub her young cousin, miraculously pregnant as a teen, when it took Elizabeth years of trying to finally conceive. But those years of waiting taught Elizabeth and Zachariah to rejoice at the good news of their loved one instead. It taught them to celebrate wholeheartedly the delight of these shared pregnancies, to celebrate the promises fulfilled by God. Elizabeth's grief prepared her for joyful hospitality. This Advent, as you reflect on the ways you too experience the grief of unmet longing, I hope you learn to see the time of waiting as an opportunity to welcome others in. Share with a friend or two both your joy and your pain. You're likely to learn they live with the intermingling of both joy and pain as well. Perhaps you'll even find that through these friendships, your longing will be eased in unexpected ways. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. We'll get to our kitchen tip in just a moment, but I want to take a quick break to tell you more about the Edible Theology Project. Edible Theology is an educational media nonprofit that uses storytelling about food to address the dual crises of polarization and loneliness that are wreaking havoc on our world. We are currently fundraising to launch a suite of new programs that help facilitate hard conversations around the table. This holiday season, we've created a simple guide to help you navigate the tense moments that might arise with your family around the table. We're providing it as a thank you gift to anyone who contributes a tax-deductible donation of $25 or more. 
The guide contains a collection of prayers, discussion prompts, and an after-gathering reflection so that you can get the most out of your time with family and friends this holiday season. It's just a small taste of what's to come from the Edible Theology Project. When you plan your year-end giving this year, be sure to include a tax-deductible donation to the Edible Theology Project. Visit www.edibletheology.com donate to give today. Again, that's www.edibletheology.com donate. Our kitchen tip today comes from my friend Zala, an Afghan refugee woman living in the United States. Like Elizabeth, Zala has every right to bitterness. She has been displaced time and time again, forced to live far from her home. And yet, out of her grief, she has learned the importance of opening her home to others. She is prepared at all times for an unexpected guest. Through her grief, she understands the great gift it is to live in hospitable community. Zala recommends keeping dried fruit and tea on hand at all times. They're simple and keep for ages. Having dried fruit and tea on hand means you'll always have something to offer the folks who step through your door. It doesn't matter if there are toys scattered around your living room or wrapping paper remnants clinging to your countertops. The truth is, most of us would prefer to be welcomed into the messy reality of a friend's day-to-day life than to only be allowed into the shiny bits. Welcome your friend in, put on a kettle, and enjoy each other's presence. Their friendship is a gift to you, and your friendship is a gift to them as well. Sip your tea and thank God for the ability to delight in the conversation at hand. And now to close, a prayer for waiting. O God who waited in Mary's womb, who waited patiently for death and for three days in the tomb, God who waits for us to turn back to you, though a thousand years is a breath to you, you know our finitude. You grant us seasons of waiting to remember our dependence on you. As the widow offered Elijah bread while waiting for the nourishment of rain, teach us to offer hospitality in the midst of our long unknown. In our giving, may we see your love. Amen. Kitchen Meditations is brought to you by the Edible Theology Project, where the communion table meets the dinner table. We encourage you to discuss this episode around the table with your spouse, small group, or friends. Need some help getting into that rhythm? Sign up for our weekly newsletter at edibletheology.com, and you'll get discussion questions and a recipe delivered straight to your inbox every week. Our intro music is by Josh Garrels. A huge thank you to my Edible Theology team who made this podcast possible, especially to our producer, Jason Rugg. We would love it if you could subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes or Spotify, then share this episode with your friends. Your help ensures that others discover this podcast, too.